1962, and uh, John Glenn, the astronaut, was becoming the first American to orbit the Earth. He's coming up to one of the darker parts of that journey, and he's passing over down here in the Southern Hemisphere. In fact, he's coming right across Australia. When he reflected back on the journey at that point, years later, he remembered how dark it was for quite a while. And in those days, they didn't have near as much kind of GPS tracking as we do today. It was a little bit harder to even tell exactly where they were. But as he began to come right across the Western Australia, the people of Perth had decided that they would leave the lights on for John Glenn that night. And so the whole city left lights on in their homes, uh, buildings, workspaces. People went out in their backyards and waved torches around. And the whole city left the lights on for John Glenn. And John Glenn loved and remembered so fondly what it was like to be passing over Australia, looking down in the dark there at planet Earth, and all of a sudden seeing the bright lights of Perth shine out against that backdrop. John Glenn then gave Perth this nickname, the City of Lights, and he always remembered what it was like looking down and seeing the lights of the city of Perth that night. You know, I love that picture. It's kind of a picture of what the church is called to be in this world. In fact, Jesus used almost the exact same, almost the exact same kind of picture when he was describing what his followers were meant to be in this world, who the church was called to be in this world. Matthew chapter 5, he says, you know, you, my followers, this is what you're meant to be. You're meant to be the light of the world. That we're meant to be like these lights that just shine brightly in this world. It can be seen from a long way off. Jesus is kind of continuing this picture when he says that we are to be a, like a city on a hill. It can't be hidden. You know, cities in Jesus' day, you imagine what it might have been like. Imagine you were traveling at night. You didn't have, you know, a little mini space shuttle like John Glenn did, but you were just traveling maybe by foot across a dark, you know, terrain, you know, maybe across the desert, across some rural area. There's no electricity. There's no lights of the freeway. There's no street lights. There's no nothing. When you are traveling through this dark night, but then you look up ahead and you see there in the dark, these torches literally burning flames that have been lit. A whole city on a hill lit up. You couldn't miss it. It would just stand out so bright against that backdrop. Jesus says, that's you. That's what you're meant to be. That's what the church is called to be in this world. The light of the world. The city on a hill. Can't be hidden. Matthew Henry, the famous commentator, when he was writing about that very picture of the church in Matthew 5.14, he says, you know, to be the light of the world is really this call to be remarkable in this world. When you think about, like, you know, a flame or, or light in the dark. 
is remarkable. You can't help but look at it. There's something beautiful about it. It's warm, it's bright, it, it gives off just light, it illuminates. There's just something so beautiful and remarkable about what a flame, what a torch, what a light looks like in the night. This is us. This is what a church is called to be. Jesus says, you're going to be a, like a city on a hill. You're the light of the world. This is who my followers are called to be. You know, when we think about our vision as a church, when we think about maybe our vision for this year and what God's asking of us, where God's taking us, what He's calling us to this year, I think it's so important to remember where we think He's taking us in the long term. We talk about our vision that we believe over the next 10 years that God is calling us to become a center for renewal as we passionately pursue the presence of God. And we look out into the future, over the horizon, and think about, God, where are you taking us? Where are you calling us at True North? We believe He's calling us to be a center for renewal, to become that over the next 10 years, a center for renewal as we passionately pursue the presence of God. You know, the whole idea of renewal. It's about taking the old dynamic, something that is old and ancient, but making it brand new, renewed for our day. What does renewal look like? You know, I think in some ways you can't help but think it, surely it means, you know, renewing, re-becoming who the church was called to be in the beginning, the light of the world. Do you know when the church was first coming into being, way back, his very beginning, his birthday, when the church kind of came into being, the story that is recorded for us in history in the book of Acts, chapter 2, is that those first followers of Jesus, they were all gathered in one place, and Jesus had told them, I'm going to send my spirit. You know, don't do anything, don't go anywhere until I send my spirit upon you. And they were all kind of gathered and waiting. And, and in that moment when Jesus sends his spirit and the church is brought into being, the picture of it is that it's like flames come and land on them. It's almost like that light of the world, that torch was being lit, being lit up with the presence of God. His followers being lit up for all the world to see. And we're given this picture of what happens immediately after that, of what that then looked like as they put that into practice later in Acts chapter 2, we see the, 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 the little snapshot, the little portrait that this is what that early church looked like as a light of the world, that, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They, were, they devoted themselves to fellowship, to connecting with one another. They, they, they had such a strong sense of shared community that says they held everything in common. They gave to anyone as they had need. There was all these signs and wonders performed and it says the Lord added daily to their number. So beautiful and wonderful, so life-giving was that light that the Lord added daily to their number. The people were drawn to that light. They saw, they saw it and it, and it drew them in and they got closer and they, and they joined in. Maybe that flame, was, that flame was lit in their lives as well. Renewal. It's about those same dynamics that were at present in the early church being renewed and brought to life in a, in a new way. The old dynamics in a brand new way for our day. Experiencing renewal 
That's why we say we're only going to become that as we pursue the presence of God. Because where that renewal comes from, where that life comes from, where the flame comes from, the light comes from is the presence of God in our midst. It's allowing His Spirit to light the fires within us so that we might burn brightly and boldly and might put off a light that draws people in, that warms those who need to, to kind of bask in its glow. And you know, becoming a center for renewal is such a huge part of where we think God's taken us because it's not about, we, we don't want to just have something that happens within us and that's great, but it stays with us. We, we really believe that God's asking and calling us to be part of a wider renewal that as we might seek His presence, that over this next 10 years, we could be part of, of helping see a wider renewal and planting churches, campuses, looking at who we can partner with. How can we be part of allowing God to light something in us, but that doesn't stop with us? I always loved the scene in the movie Lord of the Rings. I don't remember a ton about what was happening at this particular moment, but there was like a battle coming and maybe some challenges they were facing. And so they're gonna light these beacons, these giant torches, literally flame lit, these giant torches that are up on these kind of mountain tops in this beautiful landscape. And they're gonna light them and, and they'll be seen from a long way off. And they light the first one and the people a little bit further off, they see it and so they light their torch and they're all signaling to one another, you know, the battle's coming, it's, we've gotta lend a hand, we gotta to come to the, to the aid and they light all these torches. You see this beautiful like, Boom, a torch lit, a torch lit, a beacon lit, a beacon lit. I think it's such a beautiful picture of what a center for renewal might look like. These torches being lit, these beacons being lit. It's where we believe God's taken us over the next 10 years and it's what we're, and we're only gonna get there. We're only gonna get there as we pursue the presence of God in our midst, as we allow Him to light us up and maybe to burn so bright we could light up some others on the way. C.S. Lewis always had this famous quote. He said, you know, that the truest measure, he said, he said, I reckon the truest measure of a person's Christianity, of their faith, he said, I reckon the truest measure of it is do they have enough of it in them that it could rub off on someone else? Do they have enough of it in them, whatever that looks like, but do they have enough of it in them that it could rub off on someone else? I think we all kind of get what that picture is getting after. And I think probably the truest sense of becoming a center for renewal. Is there, a, is there a fire, is there a flame that's lit so brightly in us that there's enough of it there that it could light other torches as well? You know, if we're going to keep moving towards that vision, that 10-year vision to become a center for renewal, part of that kind of movement, then there's some things we know we need to start, you know, sort of making our key priorities this next three years, next three to five years, let's call it. These are what we call our big rocks our big priorities, the stuff that's got to go in first. You know, our first big rock that we talk about this next few years is what we call two plus one. And that is our way of, of saying that we want to establish ourselves in two locations, in Mullaloo and Marawa, and be seeking to establish a third location in the next few years. To be a center for renewal is about saying, you know what, we're not going to just think about, you know, hey, we, we've done this, we've done that, and let's just try and look after what we got, but to already be thinking and praying, God, where is the next place you'd like us to plant? How can we make sure our light is, is burning bright enough that, that we have some, you know, some fire to share to light another torch? So we call that our, our two plus one. 
You know, it's only in uh, over the last few months we've established ourselves in two locations in Merwa and Malalu. And we want to be praying this year about, God, where would you lead us next? How could we be a part of establishing a, a new light, a new torch, a new beacon? The next place you might call us. The second big rock we talk about is what we call the leadership pipeline. And we know over this next few years, one of the keys, if we're really going to become a center for renewal, if we're going to be able to launch uh, new campuses or church plants, new, new ministries, we need to be developing people. You know, I remember reading a, a book in, in the uh, course that I'm doing right now is a leadership book. And there's a quote there that just stuck right with me from a guy who had led, you know, some large organization. But he, he said this quote, he said, you don't bet on strategies, you bet on people. Don't bet on strategies, you bet on people. And you know, one of the things that really just kind of struck me out of that and really sticks with me is that, you know, what will take us forward and what will help us, you know, try some new things and do new things and experience renewal, it's not going to be about finding a great strategy or great programs or, or figuring out if we just do this, we'll get that. It's, it's going to be all about developing people. And we want to develop more and more people who own the mission of Christ who are so passionate to let their light shine that they're a part of just lighting up that night sky and, and look at how can we as a church be raising up new generations of leaders, you know, just a pipeline of people coming through who are passionate and own the mission of Christ in this world. Leadership pipeline. The third big rock that we talk about is reimagining evangelism. Reimagining evangelism. Evangelism is a word that just means sharing the good news, the gospel of what God has done and is doing in this world, what He's done in Jesus. And it's good news, but a lot of us, as Christ followers even, are often a little bit, you know, it can be something that makes us feel uncomfortable, fearful, just maybe we've seen it done poorly or have bad connotations associated. There's nothing more beautiful in this world than being able to share the good news of what Jesus has done. There's nothing more beautiful than helping people get in touch with what the living God, the creator of this universe, has done, wants to do in their life. And we want to be a part of us next few years of reimagining that mission, reimagining what it looks like to share the good news, reimagining how we build bridges to those who are far from Christ, reimagining how we do everything as a church in order to build bridges to those who are far from God, but for whom God is already drawing them in. How do we shine that light in such a way that people are drawn to it in this world? And the fourth big rock, fourth big priority, what we feel like we've got to really lean into the next few years is what we call reframing spiritual formation. In some ways, for a period of time, I don't know how long it's been, but growing as a follower of Christ can get thought of as sort of acquiring more knowledge, knowing more about God or the Bible, and that's important. Don't ever hear us wrong on that. There's certain things we just need to know about God. But if that does not transform us from the inside out, then we have missed something. Spiritual formation isn't about more head knowledge. We want to reframe it and see how spiritual formation is not just about having more head knowledge, but how do you have a healthy soul? 
how do you live from the inside out? How does each one of us have a, a heart, a soul, a life that can carry the presence of God wherever we go? So that every one of us, as we go into our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our sports clubs, wherever we find ourselves, we go there as people who have been so formed into the image of Christ that we carry the, the presence of God into those places, that that light has been shared with us, burning within, and, and we carry the light and light of Christ wherever we go. And we become people who are formed in the image of Christ. We talk about, in some ways, making a shift from classrooms to campfires, knowing that spiritual formation isn't something that can be downloaded in a lecture. It's something that has to be engaged in with the heart and soul. And over the next three to five years, if we can both establish the campuses we have and be looking beyond ourselves and establishing more church planting, partnering, two plus one, if we can be developing a leadership pipeline focused on developing people, if we can reimagine evangelism, that that's something that every one of us as a follower of Christ is able to own and live out with joy and heart and passion. If we could reframe spiritual formation and look at how can we create environments and spaces where people feel like they're really formed into the image of Christ and where we, we walk away not with full heads but with healthy souls. You know, if we could lean into those four priorities in the next few years, we won't, we won't get all the way across the line, but we will know we are on our way. We're, pers we're pursuing that 10-year broader vision of becoming a center for renewal as we passionately pursue the presence of God. And so now, in light of all that, in light of where we're going in 10 years, in light of some of those big priorities for this next three to five years, I think it's important we ask ourselves, so what this year, 2017, this year, what is most important for us to lean into? Where is God calling us? You know, if there was one big thing God was calling us to lean into this year that would keep us moving towards those kind of milestones, the bigger vision where He's calling us, what would it be? I guess as we've wrestled and sought God and prayed and just looked at where we are as a church, I think there's one thing that God wants for us this year for us to go after. It would be as a church to really wrestle with this dynamic of moving from being a crowd to truly living out community in authentic ways with one another. You know, when you look back at that picture of the, 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 the early church in Acts chapter 2, you just can't get around the, the dynamic that was present in their relationships. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the Word of God, and, and to the fellowship, to their connection with one another, to the breaking of bed, gathering in homes, sharing meals around the table with one another, breaking bread, remembering Christ and what He had done, and these incredible you know, gatherings and houses. And they had such deep connection with one another that they shared everything in common. I mean, in ways that really just made us marvel to look at and made the people around them marvel to look at. They were truly remarkable. They were like a light shining in the darkness because of the way that they did community with one another. And we've launched into two locations now. And in some ways, the crowd of who we are has grown, if you will, but if there was one thing we've got to lean into it this year, I believe it's how do we make sure we, we don't live as a crowd as a church, but we're connecting as 
in community with one another? How do we find every means possible to, to make sure that we connect not just in rows on Sundays, but in circles throughout the week, in places and contexts where we're able to share our stories with one another, pray for one another. Spiritual formation happens as we gather with one another around the table or around the campfire in some circle where our stories can be shared with one another and we pursue the presence of God not just on Sundays but in the context of relationships with one another. We allow God to speak to us through one another. We see God do great things as we connect in circles instead of rows, around campfires, around tables, in any context that we can. We make sure that no one ever kind of journeys alone. That everyone, somewhere and in some way, is connected to a circle of community. I think this year that's a real challenge for us. I think this year, uh, it, it, it's not that you know, we've never done that before. We're not doing it now, but that there is a depth at which I believe God wants us to pursue that this year that is something we got to lean into with all our hearts. And that if we do, we begin to create those spaces and maybe it'll take finding fresh ways to do that. But if we lean in wholeheartedly to say, how do we as a people make sure we're gathering in circles, we're gathering around tables and for meals and we're breaking bread together with one another and we're gathered around campfires and we're allowing God to do work on the inside, transforming us through those relationships. Well, I think it takes us a little bit closer back to that early picture, that that dynamic that was present at the beginning might be present within us, renewed, in fresh ways for a fresh day, but the same dynamic, the same flame at work within us. So that as that flame, as that flame is at work within us, that we might let our light shine, our torch burn, our beacon be lit. That we might be moving towards that incredible vision. That we might be the light of the world. That we might be like a city on a hill. That we might be one of those places where a wanderer journeying through the night might look up ahead and see the warm glow of a flame that's been lit, a torch that's been put on. That there were people waiting and who left their light shining so that they might be able to find their way. Think about what it would have been like for John Glenn that night. Alone, distant, literally in outer space, looking down in nothing but darkness, and what it must have felt like to see those lights shining. What it must have felt like to see that light shining up, and to know there they were people who'd left the light on for him. You know, as we think about who God is calling us to be, that's who he is calling us to be as a church, to be the light of the world, like a city shining on a hill where the lights are left on, to be a place where our torch is lit and we leave, we leave the fires burning, the torches burning, the beacons burning, so that if there's some wanderer going through a dark night and wondering, you know, what's up ahead and where am I heading, that they might see that light. They might be drawn to it. 
that it's beauty, it's warmth, the boldness, just the, the remarkableness of what a flame looks like in the night, what light looks like in the night, that it might draw them in, that we might leave, that, that our light might shine brighter and brighter in this world. 